Welcome to the Treasure Coast Community Church Podcast. TC3 Church is located in Stewart, Florida, and we're thankful that your listening journey has brought you to us. Our prayer is that everyone who tunes in connects the life-changing power of Jesus Christ in a real way. You will also discover, if you dig a little deeper, that TC3 is full of imperfect people who are simply striving daily to be more like Christ than they were the day before. The journey for us is about progress, not perfection. We pray that as you listen, you will be filled with hope, endurance, and joy as you experience life change. Enjoy today's message. Good to be with you, TC3. So, Farmer Harper is having a conversation with his pastor. They're leaning on the fence posts, and the pastor says to Farmer Harper, he said, if, if you had a hundred horses, and if the Lord asked you to give half of those horses, would you give up those horses? Farmer Harper said, yeah, if, if I had a hundred horses, I'd give up half. And he said, well, what if you had a hundred cows, and the Lord asked you to give up 50 of those cows? Would you give up 50 of those cows? Farmer Harper is like, if... I had 50 cows, I would give the Lord 50 cows. Or 100 cows, I'd give the Lord 50. And then the pastor looks at him and he said, now Farmer Harper, if you had two pigs and the Lord asked you for one of those pigs, would you give up one of those pigs? And he looked at the pastor and he said, Pastor, not a fair question. You know that I have two pigs. Thank you for that, because first service didn't get it at all. They didn't get it at all. I stood up here, it was crickets. It was crickets, I looked terrible this morning. But generosity is really easy when it's abstract, but when it, when it gets real and personal, then all of a sudden it, it's a bit of a challenge. And so us asking that big question, um, what steps would I have to take to be the most generous person I know, asking questions like that really kind of make things real, um, and, and personal. And uh, when we start digging into generosity, it's like God is asking us to be generous with what we have, not with what we don't have. And so this whole thing is to nudge us a little bit closer to giving up one of those pigs should the Lord call us to. Now, here's the thing. In November, if you're new here, we, we intentionally lean into generosity. It's just natural with the calendar. November, we're thinking about family, we're thinking about community, we're thinking about gratitude. And so in November, we lean into providing for Thanksgiving meals, we, provide, we lean into collecting toys uh, for kids for Christmas, we lean into uh, devoting one day to help feed the world, one day of our salary to help feed the world. And, and we lean into generosity because God is incredibly generous with us. Uh, John 3.16, for God so loved the world, he what? Gave. And so God is, uh, at the core, a giver. And, and this is one area where, you know, we can get this right. For many of us, this is like the Brussels sprouts of our, of our world, right? So when I was a teenager and a kid, I hated Brussels sprouts. Any of you with me on that? I hated them when I was a kid. Now that I'm older, okay, I love Brussels sprouts. And I think some of that, any, any Brussels sprouts fans? Just me, is that okay, 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 okay. Um, and, and some of that is just growing. And so 
when you start leaning into generosity and you start seeing what comes as a result of generosity and what God does when you are generous, then all of a sudden you want to lean into it more. And so that is kind of the hope is that we look into this area of our world and we go, God, what is one strategic step that, that we can take to, to get this right? Because again, I do believe that uh, us being born by virtue of where we're born, that we're going to be held accountable for this. And this is one way that the world will know that Christians care is through uh, our generosity. So don't run away from that question, what steps do I need to take to become the most generous person that I, that I know? Now, there are barriers to generosity. And the first barrier is that uh, for some of us, when it comes to being generous, we just don't care. And um, if that's you, uh, that's really between you and God. The church doesn't have the generous police that are going to find you. Um, this is one of those issues that's between us and God. And Jesus really speaks about this issue really clearly because it really speaks to ownership. He talks about it in Matthew chapter 6, 24. He said, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one or you will love the, and love the other, and you will be devoted to one and you'll despise the other. But then he goes further and he says, you cannot serve uh, God and be enslaved to money. So Jesus is very specific about this. And with this issue of generosity, by virtue of just the position that, I've ha that I have, I've seen people step up and um, just respond to God with irrational generosity. And because of that, uh, I've, I've been inspired. Like my, my faith has grown um, because of it. And I've been also deeply saddened uh, by those who lack generosity. And one of the saddest sights that you can see is someone that who's been blessed by God and given uh, every opportunity uh, to be generous, but yet they walk away from that opportunity and those opportunities when the Lord presents them uh, to that person. And it's like the rich young ruler scene uh, where Jesus is talking about where he comes and he's got the moral boxes all checked and Jesus knows that, that money is his master and possessions own his heart and he targets that. And and the man goes away sad. And when I see that kind of stuff happen, I'm sad because of the trajectory uh, of their faith. It's just been limited. The trajectory of their life has just been limited because this is one area, again, we can get right. It's a one area where we can trust God, and it's one area that God can use mightily if we can get this thing right. We can't allow money uh, to be our master. And if you look at the text of Scripture, you can identify and you can see this in culture today that, that money is a terrible master. If money is your master, you'll never know the satisfaction that comes from truly trusting God with everything. You'll never know God as your source. If money is your master, your relationships, and this is a big deal, if money is your master, relationships will always be transactional. You'll see them that way. And people will know that relationships are transactional around you. And if money is your master, you'll always be afraid of never having enough. Even though you might have more than you ever thought you would ever have in your entire life, it's not enough. And you live with this scarcity mentality and this fear that's gripped you. If money is your master, anxiety and record keeping 
will mark the days that you live because you cannot serve God and money. Some of us, our position is, is that we just can't be generous. And so some of us, when we go into this, these series in November, it's like it, it's hard for us because we're so strapped financially or there are some things that are happening, happening in our world financially that have just kind of crushed us and put us in a place where you know, we just can't be as generous as, that, as we would like to be. Listen, this is not about, this talk is not about guilt at all. And don't receive it that way, but listen to what Jesus has to say. He said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. He said, whether you'll have enough food and drink and enough clothes to wear. Aren't those the things that we worry about? Food, drink, clothes to wear. Some of you are like, when's he going to be done so I can get to eating? We worry about food. Where are we going to go? You know, you're sneaking a text to somebody. Where are we going to go? You know, we worry about food, we worry about drink, and we worry about what we're going to wear. And Jesus says, don't worry about that. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? He said, look at the birds of the air. They don't plant or harvest or store food up in barns or your, because your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you, he says, more valuable than they are? And then he, consider, he says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? He says, look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. He said, they don't work or make their clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory, it says, was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And then he said, if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly take care of you. So if you're in that position where you're just like, I just can't, God will certainly take care of you when you step into the area of generosity. And then he asks this question, why do you have so little faith? And I think what we need to think about is, is the ownership issue and, and the source issue. And the source issue is, listen, our employer is not our provider. Our 401k is not our provider. The state is not our provider. God is our provider. And as soon as we get that right, it's going to change how we view money. Now, some of us were kind of in the, in the beginning stages of trying to figure out how to handle money and how to get it right. One of the classic mistakes that most of us in this crowd have made, guy on the stage included, is that, that we upgraded our standard of living before focusing in on our quality of life. And the call of every believer is to focus in on your quality of life and not worry about so much your standard of living. That's what gets us in trouble. That's why credit cards get maxed out. That's why cars are more than we can afford. And that's why houses are bigger than we need them to be. Because we get stuck in this trap of upgrading our standard of living. And if course correction is needed, then take action to course correct. Jump into financial peace. Ask people that are doing well in that area what they did to get where they are. Many of us are going, listen, we, we just can't be generous. And what I would say is, we can. But we probably can't be, if this is our category, we probably can't be at the level that we want to be, and so we're not generous at all. Because we think the amount doesn't make a difference. I want to take you to the city of Philadelphia before it was corrupted by the Philadelphia Eagles. 
<laughs> there, <laughs> there was a young girl. Her name was Hattie May. She got dressed up. She went to Sunday school at her local church. When she got there, the place was packed. There wasn't room for all the kids. And she's just a young girl. And she's standing there trying to figure out if she should try to go in, wait, or go home. The pastor notices her in the back of the, in, in the, back of the lot, just kind of trying to make a decision. And so he walks back, and he takes her hand, and he brings her into the kid's classroom, and he puts her in one of the chairs in the back of the room. And so she enjoys Sunday school that day. Later on, he happens to be in her neighborhood and sees her out playing, and he, and he says, Hattie Mae, one day we're gonna, have to, we're gonna have to build more classrooms so that we can have more kids like you, room for more kids like you. A few weeks later, he gets a phone call that, not, that she's not doing well. So he goes over to her house, he prays for her, and things don't go well this side of eternity. This young girl, at a really young age, passes away. He then has a funeral that he has to do, so he performs this funeral for little Hattie Mae, and at the end of the funeral, after it's over, her mom comes up to him and hands him this little satchel, and in the satchel is 57 cents. And, he said, and she said, my daughter was saving money so that you could build more classrooms for the kids to be able to come to Sunday school. He tells the church about that story, and the church get, gets inspired. And so they give at a level they've never given before. People in the community actually give at a level they've never heard before, all because of 57 cents. They end up buying some property, and they, on that property, they start a little college called Temple College, which becomes Temple University, which eventually houses Temple University Hospital, all because of 57 cents. And some of us, we think that a little bit doesn't matter. But if you look in the text of Scripture, a little bit has always mattered. You see what Jesus does with a little bit in the New Testament. You see how he multiplies it. Stories like this of generosity, they inspire us to go to another level. And what the text of Scripture calls us to do, what God calls us to do, what the voice of the Holy Spirit calls us to do, is start where you are with what you have because you never know what God will do with it. And then some of us, we're, if we're honest about it, we're just afraid. If you're afraid, ask yourself this big question. Where does fear come from? Because it says in the New Testament, it says that God didn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and self-discipline. Fear comes directly from the enemy. Jesus combats it and he says these words. He said, don't you worry about these things, saying what will we eat, what will we drink, what will we wear? These things, get this, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all of your needs. And then he says, seek first the kingdom above all else and live righteously. And he will give you everything that you need. If you're afraid to be generous, ask some questions. Does faith allow us to play it safe in any area or aspect of our life? Do we at the center of who we are have a scarcity mentality that there's never gonna be enough? And do we think that we are our provider? Or do we think that God is our provider? We don't know what God will do with a little. Let's start a process. 
where we are. Some of us, our barrier is that we just, honestly, we don't know how to be generous. We see people around us that are generous, and man, we wish that we could be generous. Well, what I'd say to you is just start with being faithful. Just be faithful. Just lean into obedience when it comes to giving. Step into obedience. Get a percentage in your, in your mind, in your heart, in your life. Start with that percentage. You might look at it and go, it's like 1%. It's like 2%. What it, is, is, what it is is faithful. It's intentional. We automate what's important, and so let's determine that we're going to be faithful and commit to being a percentage giver that leans into obedience. And then let's commit to being intentional. Intentional means that we're going to strive towards generosity. We're going to increase that percentage a little bit at a time. As the Holy Spirit allows and calls us to, we're going to increase that percentage to lean into generous giving. Because over here is obedient giving. This is where tithe comes into play, okay? Over here is generous giving. This is where God is like, listen, I'm going to open the floodgates of heaven. You get over in this category, watch what I can do. But it takes a while for some of us to get over here, for most of us to get over here. But let's be faithful. Let's be intentional with our giving. And let's be strategic. Some of us, like we've never thought about it like this, but separate things out. Have your obedience giving over here. This is what God has called me to do. This is, this is over here in the tithe area. This is grace giving if, you're, if that's kind of your thing, which in my opinion is above tithe. But anyway, you got grace giving over here. It's intentional. And then you got over here, you've got generous giving. If you separate it like that and you have an envelope that you put money into or an account that you put money into, then what happens is your eyes are open. You're like, I'm looking for a need. I'm looking for a problem that I can solve. And you have the ability to do that. So for some of us, we need to separate our giving like that and be strategic. Now, this is me asking you for a personal favor. Other people that are maybe heads of nonprofits or charities that you give to or whatever, could probably use this favor as well. Many of you, you'll come up to me and you'll go, hey, Gordon, if the church needs anything, let me know. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. Like, I don't, I don't know if, you're, if I'm to let you know if there's a need between a dollar and $50. I don't know if it's between 50 and 500 I don't know if it's between 500 and 5,000 that where you want to be. I don't know if you want to be between 5,000 and 25,000. I don't know if you want to be between 25,000 and 50,000. I don't know if you want to be between 50,000 and 500,000. I don't know if you want to be between 500,000 and 5 million. I don't know if you want to be between 5 million and 50 million. I can keep going if you want. Because some of you, you're there. You're, your pockets are deep. I'm just kidding you. To know the levels, though, is helpful for when you're trying to lean into uh, generosity. And think about it like this. Generosity is more than just giving piles of money to good causes. A lot of us think about it like that. Like, it's just giving piles of money to good causes. What generosity does is it connects us to God's heart. It connects us to the things that break his heart. It allows us to partner with God. Those 30 people that are getting baptized today, whether you gave a little or you gave a lot, you get the credit in heaven. 
Every time you see someone go into those waters of baptisms and, and baptism and go underneath that water, and you gave to this church, they came to Christ here, that victory goes with you as you go into heaven. And you had a part in that. And I hope that when you go to baptisms, you can look at that and go, I had a part in that. I hope that when you see a bus full of kids going to Timothy Club, that you go, man, my giving out a part of that. I hope that when you see teenagers that are gathered out here in this lobby and you hear about clubs that are happening on campuses, you connect with the giving that you do here with those things because you're making an eternal difference. Generosity is more than just giving piles of money. It's connecting to the things that God's heart is connected to and it's supporting the causes that God is in favor of. God is this constant caregiver of humanity. And oftentimes we forget about this, but Jesus has asked this big question, like what is the most important thing to get right of all the commandments? And then Jesus breaks it down because they're trying to trap him and he's like, listen, love God and love people. Like love God with all your heart, soul, and strength. Love people like you love yourself. It's as simple as that. Now here's the interesting thing. Jesus could have left us out of the definition. He could have just said, love God. Why does he put us in the definition? He puts us in the definition because he knows that left to our own devices, we're a little bit self-centered and selfish. And he wanted us to care for each other. What I know is that you can't be loving without being generous. And God talks about this to the Israelites in the, in the Old Testament. And he, he commands them to be generous. And he commands them to do something that other nations at that time period, and even today, don't, don't do. He said, when you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap the very edges of your field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not go over your vineyard a second time or pick up grapes that have fallen. In other words, he's saying, listen, leave the edges of your field. Leave the grain out on the edges. And when you, when you pick from the vine, the stuff that you missed, don't go back and get it. The stuff that fell on the ground, let it fall on the ground. And he says these words, leave them for the poor and for the foreigner. No other nation did that kind of stuff. They didn't even think about doing that kind of stuff. No other God of the time called their people to do that. God was instructing them to be generous. He was instructing them to be generous with no strings attached not knowing what foreigner or what person would take advantage of their generosity because oftentimes when we're generous, we want to make sure that we know who, we want to, make, we want to know how, and we, we want to know. This is like generosity. Just be generous. The reason that Jesus had to tell us to love each other is because we have trouble loving each other. We have trouble being generous with each other, and it causes problems. I was troubled this week because I was looking at some of the world pro world's problems and a lot of the problems that we face in this world today are solvable. And a lot of the solvable problems, now listen to me, if you're an irreligious person, listen to this part. A lot of people blame God for problems that are in the world. But what I would tell you is that a lot of the problems that are in the world, we created. We could actually solve if we put our minds to it. We could do this. It's a matter of dollars and cents. I started looking into what would it take to bring clean water and sanitation 
to the world. The UN World Development Report came out and it said that we would need about 114 billion per year to get clean water and sanitation to the world. 114 billion. What about, what about this issue of world hunger? We could take a bite out of world hunger and have it solved by, by 2030 if we designated $267 billion a year to help solve that problem. We could solve the homeless problem here in the United States if we would dedicate $20 billion towards solving the homeless problem. Now, all of those three things, they add up to $401 billion. For $401 billion, we could take a bite out of world hunger. We could provide clean water and sanitation, and we, we could solve the homeless problem. $401 billion. Now here's what got me upset. Think about this. The U.S. Department of Defense requested $773 billion to be spent on defense spending. China, $700 billion on defense spending. Russia, $100 billion on defense spending. $1.6 trillion spent on defending ourselves when we could solve much of the world's problems with $401 billion. A lot of these problems we've created our, ourselves. We can't blame God for the situation that we're in, and it's obvious now that Jesus told us that we would need to love each other because we have trouble loving each other. Love gives generously and the world would look a lot different if we were generous. God loves us, he provides for us, cares for us, and God wants us to do the same for each other. Love is practiced and it's also practical. Jesus' brother James, he asked some probing questions. And I think we need to ask ourselves these probing questions. He said, what good is it if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such a faith save them? I would say, what if someone claims to have faith and they have no generosity? Can such a faith save them? Suppose a brother and sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you say to them, go in peace, keep warm and be fed but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, it's not accompanied by works or action, is dead. We go, man, Gordon, it's, I got a good heart. It's the thought that counts. The thought doesn't cut it when people are in legitimate need. And concern without action is just noise. Jesus said, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, or you'll devote, be devoted to one, and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. It says in the text, a generous person will prosper, and those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. Thank you for listening. We understand that life is a journey and that the journey has many stages. No matter what stage you're in, TC3 is a place where you can plug in and be poured into. 
So if you're looking for community, we would love to connect with you. Start by hitting the subscribe button, then click the connect link in today's episode. This is your opportunity to join in on what God is doing at TC3. We are confident that he's just getting started with us and with you. We look forward to sharing more of the path with you.